0: That's a good cup of Joe. A good cup of Joe on a good day. Friday, Friday, we made it to Friday, guys. We made it, made all the way through the short week. Sometimes these short weeks are much longer than a lo- normal week. Pack five or six days activities into a four-day week when we get these holidays. But I wouldn't wouldn't trade them. Of course, wouldn't trade them. Mike Bravo joined us early this morning. He's got a meeting, so he's jumping off. Uh, Richard's online already. So good morning to those folks that are out there already. Good morning, folks. I had folks joining as we keep going. Um, get the morning started having our fresh cup of coffee in a Montana cup this morning. Montana, big sky country, of course. Uh, today, we're gonna finish up what we started yesterday. Yesterday, we started on AC2, the control AC2, which is uh, account management. So we're gonna keep going on. Yesterday, we covered the base control and today we're gonna to cover the 13, well, 12 technically, enhancements that we can take that control and expand it. And when we talk about these enhancements, not all of them will apply to your organization. You'll pick and choose based on risk requirements and requirements that are set out by the organizational leadership. You're not gonna do all of them. You might not do any of them. It's all based on that risk-based response to security. So, thing we have to think about some of these enhancements require advanced automation within your organization. Some of them can be done just with manual manual processing. So it's important to follow this stuff, it's important to, to look at it, to know what the controls are. So as always, we're going to look at the control description, we'll look at the controls, we'll look at the organizationally defined variables and how some of those may look. I'm going to pick some wild random ones. It doesn't necessarily mean your organization has to follow these. and I. In some cases, I would hope you don't. Those responses, those variables need to be defined based on your organization, how you approach risk and your risk appetite, right? How And the automation you have, right? And then finally, we'll look at how we would go about assessing these enhancements. And the reason we look at the assessment is because if we know what the test looks like, if we know what the assessment is going to look like, we can ensure we implement these enhancements correctly. And I said it yesterday, but I'll reinforce it today. You can't have a control enhancement without the base control. So you can't have AC2 Enhancement 3 without implementing AC2. So that's kind of a given. So let's jump into the slide deck and see what this is all about. So again, here we go. We're looking at uh, 853 Revision 5. That's the newest revision, of course. Um, we're looking at AC2 account management, but we're looking at the control enhancements now. So as we jump into these, let's get the mouse on the right place. As we jump into these, we'll jump into the, the first one, uh, AC2 Enhancement 1. Um, the way these are written on these slides in the, in the header is the way it will appear in NIST, Special Publication 853 Revision 5. You'll see the control and then that pipe character, that straight up and down line, and then what the enhancement is. So when we start talking about these, I'll just call out the enhancement name. Automated system account management is this one. Enhancement one, automated system account management includes using automated mechanism to create, enable, modify, disable, remove accounts, notify account managers when accounts are created, enable, modify, disabled, or removed, um, or when users are terminated or transferred monitor system account usage and report atypical system account usage. Automatic mechanisms can include internal system functions and emails, telephonic, and text messaging notifications. So um, there are no related controls on this one. So we're using automated mechanism. It could be something like, and I hate to say it, but something like SolarWinds could allow us to do this. There's some enablements we can use in Active Directory, but things within the system, um you know there may be the ability to send the mail from a mail message from the system itself like a linux system can send a message saying an account was created account was disabled and that's what we're talking about here there's an automated mechanism around the accounts and we have to think about how we are going to um embrace or use automation within our organization things are moving so fast now that we have to have we have to have automation. We have to have automation to keep up with things, right? Um, so we look at here's the control at the top of the top of the slide. We've got the control in its raw form, right? That's with the vari- uh, the organizationally defined variable as it's originally written. So support the management of system accounts using what? And the assignment is organizationally defined automated mechanisms. In my fake system, I said. The management of system accounts support the management of system accounts using the organization's approved automated accounts manager. Right, so we can have automated accounts manager that takes care of mailing managers when accounts are created, disabled, whatever. We can help. Um, we can use these systems to create an account. We can put in the user and the type of user, and it's it, it will create the account for us. Um, so we have to. We can we can use some of these. So. This is not the variable your organization necessarily will have, but you have to think about how we will use automated account management in our organization if we're required to have this control, right? When we go to assess the control, this is what the assessor will look at. This is from NIST, Special Publication 853 Alpha, but this is revision four. So as we go through the slide deck, there's gonna be a few things that are not quite aligned and we'll see those, right? So this one, uh, the assessment uh, objective is determine if the organization employs automated mechanisms to support the management of information system accounts. Pretty easy, pretty straightforward. Um, we have the ability to examine, interview and test. Again, those are the three methods we can use. And then we have a bunch of objectives we can, we can select from. I'm not gonna go into the objectives on each, or excuse me, the objects on each of these um, assessment criteria. Um, because we've got a lot of controls, we've got a lot of enhancements to cover. But we're going to say that if your organization documents that you use an automated account management system, it's up to the assessor to look at that documentation, see how it's implemented, talk to people about it, and then test the system to make sure it's working. So if you have one, that's cool to document it, but if you don't have an automated system, don't write down you've got one because you can get yourself in trouble when the assessor comes around, right? Going on to Enhancement 2, Automated, Temporary, and Emergency Account Management. Again, this expands on the control. The management of temporary and emergency accounts includes the removal or disabling of such accounts automatically after a predefined period of time rather than at the convenience of the system administrator automatic removal or disabling of account provides a more consistent implementation. Again, no, no related controls. And this is, this, is, this is just making sure that if we create an emergency account or if we create a temporary account, it's got a clock on it. And we don't have to ensure that the system administrator goes in after a week and disables it or goes in after a day and disables it. So we have to do a couple things here. We have to define as an organization what those timeframes are and then we have to determine how we're going to do it. Systems like Active Directory, we can go in there, we can set a disablement time period uh, when we create the account. So that that is built into a lot of systems. So here's what the control itself looks like. Automatically, and then we have our organizationally defined variable, and this time, the first one is a selection. We're either gonna remove or disable temporary and emergency accounts after, then there's an assignment, the organizationally defined period of time for each account type. In my fictitious system, I said, we will automatically remove temporary and emergency accounts after, and then there's two time frames. For a temporary account, we're saying after five days, and for an emergency account, after 24 hours. Again, this is up to your organization to determine these time frames and how you want to handle these things, right? So if you have this enhancement, if you have AC2 Enhancement 2 as a requirement, you're going to have to determine how you're going to do this. A lot of the current systems, a lot of the the automated or a lot of the account management systems, things like Active directory, um, can automatically do this as built into the system. Right? So, anyways, we're going we're to assess this thing. Again, we have examine, and interview, and test, it means we can look at documents, we can talk to people, and we can test the technical merits of this control. And we determine if two things as an assessor. The organization defines the time period after which the information system automatically removes or disables temporary and emergency accounts, and the information system automatically removes or disables temporary accounts um, after the organizationally defined time period for each type of account. So the first part is we define it, and the second part is we do it. So the assessor is going to go look at relevant documentation Can you prove when you create an account? When you created that account, did it five days later, did it automatically go away? Let me look at the settings when you create an account. Let me look at your uh, standard operating procedure for creating an emergency account or a temporary account. It should have in there how you set up that automatic disablement after the specified period of time. Again, those variables are going to be dependent on your organization, so it's up to you. Coffee, good morning. I see you joined us. So, enhancement three disable accounts. So, disabling expired, inactive, or otherwise anomalous accounts supports the concept of least privilege and least functionality, which reduce the attack surface of a system. So, again, we see this all the time. If you've got an account that's not being used, there should be some timer on it. If you don't use it within a specified period of time, it should be disabled or it should be um, maybe even deleted or removed. So it's gonna be dependent on your organization how you handle this, right? So here's what the control says. Disable accounts within, and there's an organizationally defined time period, when the accounts have done one of these things. When they've expired, when they're no longer associated with a user or individual, when they're in a violation of the organizational policy, or they've been inactive for a specified period of time. Again, organizationally defined variable, what's that time period? You have to make that as a risk-based decision, right? So my fictitious system, I said, disable accounts within five days when the accounts. So we're giving the system administrator five days after one of these activities has happened. They've expired. They're no longer associated with an individual. That person may be left. Um, they're a violation of organizational policy maybe it was a group account and now we're saying group accounts are not not authorized anymore or they've been active inactive for 30 days again with systems like active directory and linux we can look and see when an account is 31 days inactive. we can run a run a script on that we can look for those accounts um, there's management tools we can use for that so how we do it is up to us we're defining in the control what's the requirement so When the assessor comes into town, they're going to say, first of all, we're going to determine if the organization defines a time period after which the information system automatically disables inactive accounts. And if we look at this, if we look back at the control, it doesn't state in revision five that that has to be automatically happening, right? There's no requirement for it to automatically happen. So I think what we got here is a little bit of a, a misalignment with revision four of the alpha and revision five of the control manual. That's okay, we can work with it. The assessors can still work with this. You can say, okay, there's no requirement for it to be automatic, but I want to say you can still show me where's that time period. And the second part of this is if the information system automatically disables inactive counts after the organizationally defined time period. That may not be automatic in this case because there's no requirement for it to be automatic. I'm going to say automatic is going to be better. In every case, it's going to be better because it's going to allow you to be more efficient and effective when you do this. Again, this is, gives us methods: examine, interview, and test. I'm going to look at your documentation. If the documentation says, "Hey, we automatically disable these things after 30 days, um, and it's done within five days," okay. Let me see that. Let me see when somebody was terminated. Let me see when their account was done. Let me see your standard operating procedure. Let me talk to the system admins. Let me test the system. Let me put a a user in there. Maybe my test is gonna be over the next two weeks. I'll put a user in today and I'll come back in six days and see if that that was automatically removed based on its account type, right? Um, So cool. On to enhancement four, automated audit actions. Um, Account management audit records are defined in accordance with AU2, which we haven't got to the audit control family yet, and reviewed, analyzed, and reported in accordance with AU6. Of course, we haven't got to that one as as well. So we see our related controls are AU2 and AU6. So we'll put a thumbtack in this one because when we get to AU2 and 6 we're going to have to make sure we're in compliance with that. In your daily life, of course, you're just going to flip to AU2 and AU6 and make sure you're in compliance with that as specified by your organization because there's going to be requirements as far as what gets audited when it gets audited where it goes that kind of stuff but in our case we can jump right ahead to the control right automatically audit account creation modification enabling disabling and removal actions that is is something we talk about audit here we mean something similar to logging are we sending those actions, when that action happens on the system, is it being sent to a central log server, like Splunk or syslog server or something like that? Is someone looking at it? That's the other part of it. We can't just send it there. Is there an automated mechanism? Is there a SIEM tool? Is there somebody manually looking at this? And that's what's gonna happen when the assessor comes around. Determine if the information system automatically audits the following actions. We have them listed there. And then, Um, determine if the organization designs personnel or roles to be notified when these things happen are those audit events going to someone is someone being notified and then uh, determine if the organization if the information system notifies organizationally defined personnel or roles of the following actions is somebody being notified is that a text is it a email is it um a, a pager i don't know It's up to your organization to determine that. And again, the assessor has the ability to examine, interview, and test these things. Um, That's that's up to the assessor. And it's, it's like tailoring the control set. The assessor can tailor the assessment. They can determine if they're gonna examine and test, examine, interview, and test, just examine. So they're gonna look at documentation. They're gonna say, hey, you're saying that the audit system works like this. It sends notifications to Splunk. Let me see those. Let me create an account, and now let me see it where it shows up in Splunk. Show me your standard operating procedures. Let me talk to the Splunk admin. Let me talk to the system admin creating these accounts. I want to know that this is actually happening. That's the kind of things they're going to look for. When you create this control, when you implement this control, you should be doing the same thing. Make sure that it's going where it's supposed to go. Make sure the people that are getting notified, that are supposed to be getting notified, because the assessor can check all that. Five enhancement five inactivity logout. Um, discussion on this one: inactivity logout is behavior or policy based and requires users to take physical action to log out when they're expecting inactivity longer than a defined period. Automatic enforcement of inactivity logout is addressed by AC11. So when you're away from, when you when you're idle on your computer for 15 minutes and it automatically locks, that's AC11. That's not this one this is a requirement say when you get up from your desk you walk away you lock your machine so let's look at the control Um, require that users log out when and again there's an assignment here it's up to the organization when we're requiring those users to log out it's an organizationally defined time period of expected inactivity or a description of when to log out right so in our in our fictitious organization we're saying require that users log out when their computer is unattended cut and dry If it's unattended you walk away you leave for the day you go to lunch whatever if it's unattended you lock your computers you log out right not lock i should take that back it's not not lock it's log out right so that's 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 a little bit different right so think about that log out at the end of the day um maybe log out at lunch maybe you want them to log out when they when they walk away it's up it's up to the organization to find this based on the risk-based decision and the assessor is going to come around in this case we only have interview and examine we don't have a test there's no technical component to this right because we're saying the user has to do it there's no there's no technical implementation it's the user doing it so we're saying the first part is determine if the organization defines either the time period of expected inactivity that requires users to log out or the description of when users are required to log out and also requires that users log, excuse me, requires that users log out when the organizationally defined time period of inactivity or is reached or in accordance with the organizationally defined description of when to log out. And I know it seems like we're repeating, we're repeating things, it's repetitive there, but that first part is always what we're doing. We're defining it, we're documenting, it. we're writing it down somewhere, we're making it part of policy, we're making it part of a standard, making it part of a procedure. And the second part is we're doing it. We're making sure that people do it. So this one we're gonna examine, we're gonna examine the documentation, we're going to look at the policies and the standard procedures, and then we'll interview people, we'll talk to people. We may even just watch people to see if they do what they're supposed to be doing, right? On to six, this is a huge one. It's our biggest control as far as the discussion. Um, dynamic privilege management is, is a bear of a thing to do. It's gonna be in more um, no, no, we can do we can do some of this in regular normal organization with things like Active Directory, but we really want more advanced tools, right? Uh, in contrast to um, in contrast to access control approaches that employ static accounts and predefined user privileges. Dynamic access control uh, approaches rely on runtime access control decisions facilitated by dynamic privilege management such as attribute-based access control. While user identities remain relatively consistent over time, user privileges typically change more frequently based on ongoing mission or business requirements and the operational needs of the organization. For example, dynamic privilege management is the immediate revocation of privileges from users as opposed to requiring users um, requiring that users terminate and restart their sessions to reflect changes in privileges. And we've seen that before. If you get updated privileges or change privileges, the, the admin may say, okay, log out and log back on the system so that the privileges stick. Um, that's not the case here. You don't have to log out and log back on the system will automatically change your privileges dynamically and at that point, at at the point when they're changed, that automatically reduces or increases your privileges. It's important because in those cases where you have to log out and log back in, if someone reduces a person's privileges, they may retain that elevated status until they recycle the system, until they log out and log back in, which means they could potentially stay logged in for a long time with privileges they shouldn't have. Right? Dynamic privilege management can also include mechanisms that change user privileges based on dynamic rules as opposed to editing specific user profiles. Examples include automatic adjustments of privileges if they're operating out of their normal work times, if their job function or assignment changes, or if systems are under duress in emergency situations. Dynamic privilege management includes the effects of privilege changes, for example, where the changes to encryption keys used for encryption or communications. So here's a lot of, another another thing here is, maybe you have administrative rights during the day, but after work hours you have normal rights. You can't do elevated actions anymore outside your normal work period. That's dynamic management. Or maybe you have to go into a specific location, be on a specific machine, to get those accesses. We see this with Bastone Hostess hosts, Bastone hosts, sometimes you have to log in to a specific jump station to be able to do privileged uh, account access stuff. So we see this, this is related to AC16. We see it in the control set, it really looks a lot smaller. So implement, and then we got an organizationally defined variable, and that's the organizationally defined dynamic privilege management capabilities. So in our fictitious system, we're saying implement time and location based dynamic privilege management capabilities for administrative action. So we're just saying, hey, make sure administrative actions are done from specific places at specific times. And outside of those times or those locations, those administrative actions can't be done, right? And again, these uh, these variables I'm using are a little bit loose. They should tighten them up a little bit in your organization. And these may not reflect exactly what your organization would have, right? So when the assessor comes around, this is what they're gonna look at in the alpha. Determine if the organization defines a list of dynamic privilege management capabilities to be implemented in the information system. Do we document it? And then part two, if the information system implements the organizationally defined list of dynamic privilege management uh, capabilities. you know, Now it's making sure it's working. Testing the technical capabilities. Interviewing the people to see if it's actually being done, right? In this one, we have the ability, we have the assessment methods of examine, interview, and test again. So, we have the ability to use all three of the methods. So, gives us the ability. Uh, Kim Grant is joining us. Good morning. Morning, Kevin. All right. On to seven. Privileged privileged user accounts. Uh, This is enhancement seven. Privileged roles are organizationally defined roles assigned to individuals to allow those individuals to perform certain security relevant functions that ordinary users are not authorized to perform. Privileges include key management, account management, database administration, system and network administration, web administration, a role-based scheme or gonna, um, a role-based access scheme organizes permitted system access to privileges into roles. In contrast, an attribute-based access scheme specified allowed system accesses and privilege based on attributes. All right, this is again, and another updated control. When we get to the assessment of this, we're gonna see it's just role-based. So we have role-based or attribute-based now. So we can give people attributes and that can give them permissions based on attributes they have, not just the roles. And then no related controls. In um, this one is what it looks like it, as the control stated, establish and administer privileged user accounts in accordance with and then we have a selection here. It's either role-based access scheme or an attribute-based access scheme. And then we're going to monitor privileged roles or attributes. We're going to monitor changes to roles or attributes. And then we're, we're going to revoke access when privileged role or attribute assignments are no longer appropriate. Um, straightforward. Uh, in R1, we just all we did was we selected for our fictitious system a role-based uh, access scheme. In the while, we have three methods to use to assess this control, examine, interview, and test. Right? Um, We're going to determine if the organization establishes and administers privileged user accounts in accordance with role-based access scheme that organizes allowed information system access and privileges into roles, monitors privileged role assignments, and defines actions to be taken when privileged role assignments are no longer appropriate, and takes um, organizational-defined actions when privileged role assignments are no longer appropriate. And if we look back here at our control, um, we had either role-based or access-based as, as options. And when we go to the assessment, it's just talking about role-based. Again, this is because the alpha, the 853 alpha, is aligned with revision 4, not revision 5. So this needs to be updated. So the assessor will have to do some modification to this. To say okay we're not just talking about role based here but we could be talking about attribute based and we're going to do the same assessment steps here to make sure that we're compliant with that Um, are we defining the actions to be taken when privileged role assignments or attribute based assignments are no longer appropriate are we managing and monitoring all of that so we need to go back and forth and make sure we're covering all of these are we monitoring the changes to roles or attributes okay are we do we have an assessment for monitoring that um you know we got kind of in in 27c2 uh, organization defined actions when privilege role assignments are no longer appropriate but i would say we as an assessor you really want to see how are they monitoring changes to the attributes um and i think the second part would take care of when they're no longer that's revocation right so on to eight this is uh Dynamic account management. Approaches for dynamically creating, activating, managing, and deactivating system accounts rely on automatically provisioning the accounts at runtime for entities that were previously unknown. Organizations plan for the dynamic management creation, activation, and deactivation of system accounts by establishing trust, relationships, business rules, and mechanisms with appropriate authorities to validate related authorizations and privileges. So this can be one of those things that you're going to have in more advanced organizations. This is AC16, we look at it. Um, like I guess I didn't. Have, I, I already. I don't have the the generic version, but I've already filled in the variable here. You can see there's a variable here. Um, create, activate, manage, and deactivate. And there's an organizationally variable there. We have to define what types of accounts we're going to handle through this dynamic account management. And in this case, we're saying partner and guest accounts dynamically. These generally, in my my opinion, will be generally less privileged accounts, and we can do those dynamically. That means that somebody comes in and they need a guest account, we can dynamically create it kind of when they ask for it. So think about how you want to do this, again, a risk-based decision. When the assessor assessor comes around, they're gonna say, hey, determine if the organization defines information system accounts to be created by the information system dynamically okay do we define that It's always we're documenting this stuff we have to have an audit trail we want to document this stuff Um, the information system creates organizationally defined information system accounts dynamically so we're documenting we're saying it to happens and now let's see the system do it so as an assessor I want to see it happen I want to see how you do this right Um, I'm gonna take a little break here let's look at what's going on Kevin Grant is saying uh, good morning we talked about that a little bit uh mike bravo's got a comment uh, That's control enhancement um and this control its enhancement and its ap look cumbersome but they can be met with active directory or ldap ui yeah yeah a lot of the stuff we talk about there's some cumbersome parts there's there's some parts that um especially as active directory becomes more and more um advanced and mike you probably have some, some more experience with that than i do um it's kind of built in. Some of the stuff's built into the systems. Old uh, love with Mike. Mike is here, and Michael is here this morning as well. Good morning, Michael. More. Get fo- we got to folks joining as we like to see. So, um, yeah, use use automation. There's a lot of automation built into to to PAM for Linux or into Active Directory for Windows systems that we can use. So we need to have skilled administrators that know what they're doing. Can we give them a requirement? And that's what we're saying with these controls. We're not telling the system administrator how to implement the control. We're just telling the system administrator, you need to do this, right? You need to do this with the, the account management system we've got. I need you to be able to go find accounts that are 90 days old and disable them automatically. I don't want the administrator to look at everybody's account and see how many, how when the last one when the last login was i want them to have a script that runs and automatically disables accounts and pro- provides a report as well so let's use automation mike said that's a great great point uh bishop bishop's here good morning good morning bishop um, we go on to nine restrictions on use of shared and group accounts uh, before permitting the use of shared or group accounts Organizations consider the increased risk due to lack of accountability with such accounts. Yeah, shared and group accounts, in my mind, I would I would just get rid of, get rid of them unless you there's an organizational need where you have to have them and there's no other way to do things. The problem is a lot of times with a group or a shared account, I could log in, do something nefarious, and then when we go to audit it, we it's it's me or one of five other people, right? We can't pin it to a specific person. Um, there are some ways around this, right? So maybe we can only um, switch a user into those those shared accounts. Maybe I have to log in with my account and then become that account. So it gives me an audit trail of me becoming that account. But I say there's a lot of cumbersomeness around here. There's a lot of problems. Let's let's create those roles. Let's create permissions for a role and then move people into that role, right? Uh, create a, Create a group and move people into that group to give them the permissions. Um, Try to avoid these things if you can. That's my personal opinion. There's obviously operational reasons we have to have these sometimes. So here's how the control looks in the book. Only permit the use of shared and group accounts that meet. And then there's a variable, um, organizationally defined conditions for establishing shared and group accounts. And in my fictitious account, I said, only permit the use of shared and group accounts that meet temporary operational needs as approved by the risk management team. Um, personally, I would just say, no, we're not gonna do it. But as we're going through the controls, we wanna walk through them and, and look, at, look at them, right? The assessor, here's what the assessor's gonna look at. They've got the three methods again. They've got exam, examine, interview and test, all three methods. Um, what they're gonna do is determine if the organization defines conditions for establishing shared group accounts. That's that policy, that's documentation, that's procedure. Let me look at the paperwork and then part 2 only permits the use of shared or groups accounts that meets organizationally defined conditions for establishing shared group accounts as the assessor I'm going to say, let me see let me see your list of group accounts let me see how these came about let me see the audit trail when you created them maybe even I'll try, maybe I'll walk through the process of creating a group account what how does it work let me try to create one let me make sure all the approval che- checks happen so We see we have the ability to check the automated mechanisms for implementing the management of shared group accounts. How's that happening? remember, there's going to be some other other things we have to think about when we talk about these shared accounts. We talked about it in the base control. We talked about AC2. If a person leaves from this group, we have to have a little extra management. We've got to go in and change those passwords, change those passphrases, change the ability to get into these accounts, however that method is. Right? 10 is nice. Enhancement 10. Shared and group account um, credential change. Like I said, this is withdrawn. It's been in, implemented in the base control, AC2 part K, where we said, if you if you have this, if you have group or shared accounts, you've got to be able to manage them. So that's that's in the base base control that's gone out of here. So that's one less. That way we all, we've gone from 13 enhancements to 12. Um, and that takes us on to 11, right? Which I walk our right down. Usage conditions. Specify and enforce uses usage conditions that help enforce the principle of least privilege. Increase user accountability and enable effective account monitoring. Account monitoring includes alerts generated if the account is used in violation of organizational parameters. Organizations can describe specific conditions or circumstances for which system accounts can be used, such as by restricting certain days of the week, times, or specific durations of time. No related controls. So if we go look at this control in the wild, and apparently I I did it again, I automatically removed the variable, but I'm saying the variable I put in for the first part is enforce time and location restrictions for domain administrative accounts, right? And that gives us the ability to write it in a policy. Um, The policy says, hey, um, domain accounts can only be used from these jump stations. Uh, They can only be used during business hours. Um, which includes, you know, the days of the weeks of the business is in operation. That puts restrictions, so we don't have people coming in outside of business hours using those domain administrative accounts. So the assessor is going to look at it. It's going to say, hey, determine if the organization defines circumstances and usage conditions to be enforced for information system accounts, right? There's our documentation. The organization defines information system accounts for which the organization defines circumstances and usage conditions are to be enforced. So we talk about what, what can happen, what the circumstances are, and then we say what accounts are they. Those first two are just your documentation step, writing it in policies, procedures, and standards. And then the third part, the information system enforces the organizationally defined circumstances and usage conditions for organizationally defined information system accounts. That's the actual implementation. It's happening. Um, we'll interview people. We'll, we'll look at Audit trails will test the mechanisms to make sure they're working correctly. Um, Again, that shows you the the assessor in this case, has all three test methods, um, examine, interview, and test. Almost there, guys. I don't run a little bit long today. Um, Enhancement 12, uh, atypical usage includes accessing systems at certain times of the day from locations that are not consistent with the normal usage patterns of individuals. Monitoring for atypical usage may reveal rogue behavior by individuals or an attack in progress. Account monitoring may inadvertently create privacy risks since data collected to identify atypical usage may reveal previously unknown information about the behavior of individuals. Organization assess and document the privacy risk for monitoring accounts for atypical usage in their privacy impact statement assessments and make determinations that are in alignment with their privacy program plan, related uh, related controls, AU6, 7CA7, IR8, and SI4. Now, a couple things in this discussion, right? First, we have to determine what's normal, right? What are normal patterns, right? So um, it's easy if we're very restrictive. Some government organizations say, hey, you can only work in this specific location, and this specific location is only open from like 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. or 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Um, anything outside of that is atypical. But atypical could also include large data transfers. Atypical could be using uh, tools that normally aren't used in the environment. Atypical could be accessing sites that you normally don't access. So when we build this profile of people, there are privacy concerns. And that's all they're saying in the second half is work with the privacy office. And we said this before, privacy and security have to work together now. So work with the privacy office, make sure that what we're collecting is not a privacy concern. So, here's what it looks like. Monitor system accounts for, there's an organizationally defined variable, and that's a organizationally defined atypical usage, and report atypical usage of system accounts to who, who, and it's again, in this assignment, the organizationally defined personnel or roles. So I said, uh, monitor system accounts for excessive data transfer or excessive logon attempts, and report atypical usage of system accounts to the security operations center. If we see that, and that should be an automated notification. We don't want to have to manually do this, but we want to have the ability to do it manually as well. Um, so the assessor comes to town, they've got all three methods they can use examine, interview, and test, right? So, the first part, de- determine if the organization defines a typical usage to be monitored for the information system. We said that in our case. We said, uh, you know, um, excessive data transfer or a lot of logons. Um, so we define that. And then we determine, does the organization monitor the information system accounts for organizationally defined atypical usage? Are we actually doing it? And then determine if the organization defines the personnel or roles whom atypical usage of information system accounts are to be reported. And we did that in our case. We said the Security Operations Center. And then the second part is reports the atypical usage of information system accounts to those organizational defined personnel or roles is it actually happening are we actually reporting that If it's automated we should be able to do that as an assessor i can go in and say okay well if you're saying excessive logon attempts and i'm and you say normal logon is maybe 10 i'm going to try 15. i'll try 15 logon attempts if i can um and then i'll see does it does the security operation center get notified or maybe you say anything over 500 megabytes of file transfer is excessive and i try to transfer a gigabyte file does the operations center get notified what do they do with it do they know what to do is it in their procedures and policy let's talk to the security operations people let's talk to the people that are responsible for defining these rules and see if they really understand it and i know we're running along we're we're getting close to the end because this is 13 this is our last enhancement Uh, disable accounts for high-risk individuals Discussion around this one, users who pose a significant security and or privacy risk include individuals from who reliable evidence indicates either the intention to use unauthorized access to system to cause harm or through whom adversaries will cause harms. Um, such harm includes adverse impacts to organizational operations, organizational assets, individuals, the organization, or the nation. Close coordination among system administrators, legal staff human resource managers and authorizing officials is essential when disabling accounts of high-risk individuals. Now, again, we can define this within our organization. What is a high-risk, high-risk individual? Maybe it's somebody that's getting ready to leave. Maybe they put in their two-week notice. Maybe it's someone we've noticed noticed a lot of atypical behavior and they, we really wanna make sure they're not doing something that's, that's fishy or unauthorized or dangerous, right? Or we think somebody's been compromised, so we're going to start monitoring or disabling uh, accounts for those high-risk individuals, right? So here's what here's what the uh, control looks like in the wild: disable accounts of individuals within, and there's an assignment, organizationally, time, organizationally defined time period, of the discovery of what something the organizationally defines as a significant risk. In my fictitious system, I said disable accounts of individuals within 30 minutes of the discovery of um, the installation of malicious attacker tool, not this, but the installation of malicious attacker tools. So when we discover someone is installing malicious attacker tools within 30 minutes, and it probably should be faster than that, um, that account should be disabled. And maybe maybe there's a reason we want 30 minutes. Maybe that's to do some forensics or something, I don't know. Remember, these are just fictitious Uh, variables I'm putting in here for examples only. You need to determine this with the risk people, the security people, the privacy people, all need to get together and say, this is what these variables should be. When the assessor rolls down, guess what they're gonna do? They have the ability to examine, interview, and test, all three of the methods. Um, They're gonna determine if the organization defines the time period in which the accounts are to be disabled upon discovery of the significant risk posed by the users of such accounts and also that we actually disable those user accounts that are that are posing significant risk. So, as an assessor, I can do that. I can review your documentation, review your procedures. Let me talk to the people that are responsible for disabling the account, um, and let's test it. Let's let's create an account. Let's have, and as an assessor, you should have accounts created for you. Let's take one of those and say that they're they're high risk. Now let's go through the process, right? And that I know it was a long run. Almost 45 minutes this morning, guys. I know it's a long run. But between AC2, when we talked about the, the base control itself and the enhancements, we made it through. I knew it was gonna be one I knew it wasn't gonna be one session. I knew this was a big control. We got another couple big controls coming up in the access control family. This is one of them. It's one of the big ones, one of those I, I like to use for examples because it's got a lot of meat to it. It's got a lot of enhancements, right? Uh, the the control itself is big. So uh, if you didn't look at that one, I'll, I'll throw up there the um, link to the AC2, the actual control itself. Um, got new, new, I think, Mr. Rich 504. I don't know if I've seen Mr. Rich before. Uh, Good morning, cybersecurity analyst beyond helpful. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh, Mr. Rich, this is a community and it's folks like you that throw the comments up that help everyone, and and obviously everybody else commented. Um, You'll always see me referring to Mike Bravo. Mike has a lot of information he can share with us. It's always good to see him. It's always good to see anyone. It's the community we're building of security and risk um, minded people. We, we, We work in this cyber world every day. and We want to make sure we're helping each other get the place we need to go. A lot of times, these controls get dumped on our steps and we don't know what to do with them. So, and we'll all talk about it. Uh, thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Well done for a big control and one that's a little bigger coming next next week or the week after. I appreciate that, Mike. Um, I did reach out. If you didn't join the Facebook group, um, we're going to start a mastermind uh, cyber risk and security mastermind group. It's only going to be eight to ten people, and we're going to meet right now. We're thinking talking about meeting monthly to just one-on-one we're probably have to meet on zoom because we're still distributed um but yeah go out to the facebook post it's uh facebook um and the facebook page is cyber recon training all one word um and i'll throw the link in the in the show notes below um mr rich saying greatly appreciated bog but thank you thank you thank you all for the comments as you can if you haven't yet if you're watching this um please like and comment on the video and if you can subscribe to the channel hit the bell to be notified going live daily now till we get through all of 853 revision 5 there's a lot of controls to go we're hitting every weekday we're going to hit one of them and drive through it till we get done so uh if you want to be notified when we're going live when the when they're scheduled what's scheduled um subscribe hit the bell it does help us like the like the video like the channel that helps but uh otherwise i guess we hit the end of the day end of the week have a good weekend be safe take care of your friends your family co-workers as mike and sierra bravo will say go get some go take care of each other and uh see you monday morning bright and early looking at ac3 at uh, eight o'clock you guys be good it's always nice talking to you